Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the very first episode, the very first edition of our new podcast, Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. I'm joined today by IFBB Pro Coach Extraordinaire, Jason Theobald. Jason, what's going on, man? How are what's you? What's going on? I'm doing great. Yeah, so, man, I'm excited. We've been talking about this for, what, four, five, six months now? Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm excited myself. Yeah, so the, the cool thing about this, what I want to do is I want to start this off I know most of the people listening to this when it very first drops, they're going to be people that kind of follow our stuff already on social, some of the prior podcasts. You and I have done a lot of stuff together. You've been on the old TNT podcast, which I hosted for 80 episodes. You're on there four times. Probably the most, yeah, you were on there more than anyone else, you and Cliff. <laughs> nice. And some of those episodes, like insulin sensitivity, off-season bodybuilding, some of those were the most listened to episodes. So you and I have a, a history with, with podcasts. And also we've done a couple Ask a Diet Coach video shows too. So, you know, we got together and we thought, why not start a podcast to where we cover all these aspects of elite physique enhancement, specifically bodybuilding, but somebody doesn't have to get on stage to be able to right. be um, someone who, who gathers a lot of knowledge from these podcasts. Why don't we do it and we cover it from both sides of the spectrum, right? So I can kind of play the role here as the natural bodybuilding coach because these days most of my clients are natural athletes. They compete in the natural organizations. And I've been doing this for a really, really long time. And you have a lot of assisted athletes, a lot of people on the MPC and the IFBB, and you've helped a lot of them turn pro or, or compete on the pro stage. So while we can talk about both sides of it ourselves, you're really the expert there. And I've got a lot of experience with the natural athletes. So we figured, you know what? Let's take all these topics out there right now. <clears throat> the trending topics specifically that you just don't hear other places. But let's tell people how to do this from both sides of the fence, man. So I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about that. Definitely. I think it's going to be a good perspective, you know. And, <clears throat> you know, just because that's kind of our, our you know, bread and butters. I mean, you know, I – you know, was a 100% natural athlete till I was like 34. Um, and I was competing in the NPC. So I've helped plenty of naturals myself. And, you know, I've, I've had 15 years dieting experience myself. So, you know, I can land both and, and then you've prepped guys and gals who are enhanced as well. So I think there'll be a nice crossover on both ends um, as well, you know? Yeah. So, and, and I know both of us personally, you know, whenever we, we've helped each other prep before you've done my prep multiple yep. times, um, every time I've stepped on stage, I was natty and you know, it's kind of cool because to be able to see both sides of this, not only from ourselves, but our clients as well, it's, it's, we're not just regurgitating stuff. This is stuff that we do in the trenches as coaches. So I know you and I have like 40 to 50 episodes already lined up topics anyway. And I do want to run down some of these for our listeners. We're going to talk yeah, about do it. natural versus enhanced bodybuilding. Um, we're going to talk about ketogenic dieting. We're going to talk about HRT. We're going to talk about everything that you need to know about blood work. We're going to talk about insulin sensitivity, how to set your diet up, true time frames for muscle growth in natural and enhanced athletes. Because think about that. That's definitely way different if you're natural versus enhanced. We'll talk about adrenal fatigue, refeeds, cheat meals, high days, post-diet, fat and muscle gain and so much more, man. Like I could sit there and read this stuff for two or three minutes, but I want our listeners to understand 
we're bringing this information and why some people have heard it and we've talked about it a million times. Some of these topics, especially insulin sensitivity and metabolic resistance, you know, guys like us started a few years ago, kind of dabbling in it and starting to, we, we opened up a can of worms and we really wanted to learn more about it. So you've been doing a lot of work on the metabolic resistance side yourself, yes. man, just kind yep. of educating everybody. Definitely. Um, are there any, are there any topics that you're super, super excited to talk about that just don't get talked about a lot from both sides of the coin? From both sides of the coin. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I, I think one of the big topics right now, and I don't know that it has to do necessarily with, you know, enhanced versus not enhanced, but you know, gut health is a big one right now. And I know we're going to, we're going to delve into that. Um, and then, of course, I think it's going to be a cool episode where we, when we talk about like, you know, muscle growth, like what can you truly expect as a natural and what can you truly expect as an enhanced person um, in, a, in a year's time? I think that'll be a cool episode because I know a lot of times when I tell people what a natural woman or a natural man can expect in a year, uh, at first, you know, people are like, oh shit, like really? That's it? Right. And you're like, yeah, man. I mean, it's like, Look at a lot of these guys who are at the top of the pyramid in the natural body world. Like a lot of times their stage weights are the same. They look a little bit better each year, but you know, it's, it's one to two pounds and you're recomping, maybe pulling one to two pounds of fat off you, but it's not much. So I think that'll be an interesting eye opening episode as well. Um, and then, you know, we are going to go over metabolic resistance and it is different for enhanced versus not. Like I always say like the person who gets hit hardest from metabolic resistance is natural females. And then it's, you know, your natural, I'm sorry, your enhanced females, then your natural men. And then I never see enhanced men with metabolic resistance. Right. I, just, I just don't because they're covering their hormones. They're, they're covering the HRT and they're, they're taking care of all that. So even if they're training too hard where they would get like into a metabolic dysfunctional hormonal issue, they're covering it with exogenous amounts. So I just never right. see it in men. So there's a lot of cool topics we can talk about, but those are some of the three that like I know are hot right now and I think will be good episodes. Yeah, man. Uh, just to kind of play off what you just said too, um, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and get into who we are and what we do. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to natural versus enhanced muscle game, I think it's also going to be cool for us to break down a prep and what those mm -hmm. preps look different, you know, how they're different, um, especially when it comes to muscle loss, especially towards the end. And how, man, there's a lot of coaches out there that all they've ever known is the assisted side of the sport. Mm -hmm. And they try and help a natural guy or girl <laughs> get on stage and yeah. they just don't get it, man. They don't yeah. get it. So, we're, but we're going to shed light on all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a cool thing. I know that we're going to have a lot of coaches listening to the show as well as people stepping on stage. So with that being said, man, give everybody just a real quick cliff notes version of who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, and where they can find you on social, because that's the main thing. People, people yep. want to see where they can find you on social. Yep. So I've got kind of a varied background. Um, when it comes to business and my careers, um, a lot of people don't know, but out of college, I was a, I was a licensed Series 763 stockbroker, and I, I sold stocks for a living in mutual funds. I worked on the phone. Um, I, I could have parlayed that in to in becoming a financial advisor, which was what my original goal was. But I got this wild hair to go to law school. I did that. I was in-house counsel for 15 years while I built Scooby Prep. So I was one of those guys who had a steady, good income coming in and was able to build a prep business over time. 
and I quit my uh, law gig about three years ago. It was a great decision for me. I've been all in with coaching and, and new ethics, which I'm, I'm one of the owners and one of the formulators. As far as my background in competing, I've been competing for, uh, God, 17 years, maybe. Yeah. 2002. Um, you know, I, 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 I traveled from bantamweight all the way up to middleweight, um, was very successful on the local state regional level. <clears throat> and then, um, I had mixed bags and bodybuilding at the national level, some good placing, some bad placings. Um, and then when class of physique came out, um, it just was a perfect home for, for my, for what the, for the look I like and for my structure and shape. So I got my pro card in that 2016 competed in 2018, uh, with a fifth at the hurricane pro and then a second at the Kentucky pro just missing Olympia spot by one, which is still eating at me. So that's kind of my background in competing. And then of course, you know, as I, as I mentioned before, I, I built Scooby prep, um, and that's my prep business and you know, that's my bread and butter, but I also am part owner in new ethics and one of the formulators and, um, you can get a hold of me. The best way is, uh, at Jason at scoobyprep.com. I mean, you can send a DM to Instagram, but if we're not following each other and those things go into that other request, and sometimes I'm late to the, to looking at those, but you can hit me up on Instagram too. And that's uh Scooby prep underscore IFBB pro. Yeah. So I think that gives a little bit of insight into where I've been, who I am, um, kind of my background in business and competing and in prep work. Yeah. And, and I want people to understand you have a very, very large client base and not only, so here, here's the thing, I'll teach your horn for you because I, we're both the same way. We don't really like to do it ourselves, but dude, your clients are always placing way up at the top on all different kind. I mean, you've got guys that have won natural bodybuilding world championships, people that are competing in the IFBB, they're winning IFBB pro cars, doing well on the state national level. Um, and not only do you have a large client base, they all place really, really well. And if they don't place well, then it's usually due to genetic structure, but you always have people peeled. And a lot of that comes back Thank to you. problem solving and stuff like that. So, you know, that's one thing that, that people need to realize. This isn't, we're not regurgitating information here. This is all stuff that you and I, we both, the base of everything we do is we have a client base and we work with those clients and we learn from that stuff. So this is stuff that, you know, we're not putting out there just to say, Hey, try this. Like this is stuff that's tried and true. And we've learned 100%. from. Yep. Yeah. Mm, yeah. In the um, trenches stuff. Yep. Exactly. Which, which is to me is, is always the best. So a little bit about me really quick. Um, my company is called team Gorman. I do the same thing. Jason does have quite a few athletes on the natural bodybuilding side that compete a lot in the IPE and the NAMBF. Um, some people in the MPC and, and even IFBB this year, that, which is great. I love it all. Um, but that's what I do. I own a couple gyms to Anytime Fitnesses. I've written a couple books, three books. I'm getting ready to write the fourth. I'm just kind of a little burnout because writing mm. takes it out of you, man. Let me, yeah. let me tell you, Advanced Ketogenic Dieting is the next book. And I'm just, oh, man, I've had that halfway written for like three years now. So I, I'm waiting until I get that bug and then yeah. I can write the next one. Um, and then, you know, I run this podcast, so which is which is going to be cool. And then also um, the Physique Summit Conference, which mm -hmm. you've been a part of every single year since 2016. Yep. Um, that's something that Cliff Wilson and I co-own together, and we're working on taking it to different locations around the country. That's something you and I will talk about offline, by the way. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, we're starting to grow that, and we're starting to take it around, too. So 
I'm a very busy guy. Both of us are very busy guys, yeah. but we're both passionate about just giving back, giving out free information. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the guys over at the Excellence Cartel because you kind of bridge the gap between that podcast and this one. We're not, right. they're not married together. They're not brother and sister, but it's kind of cool because you guys cover everything on that show about the business of the mm-hmm. fitness industry. Um, and you guys talk a little bit about physique enhancement, but we it's do. pretty cool. Yep. So I want to give a shout out to those guys. Um, dude, I almost feel like I'm part of that show now. I've been on a couple of times. <laughs> right. We just all yeah. have a good vibe. We have a good we'll rapport. Have, yeah. For yeah. Sure. We'll have Jeff Black on here to talk about HRV at some point, yep. some other for stuff, sure. but, uh, but shout out to those guys. So if you guys want to hear more about um, the business side, go listen to Jason and those guys over at the excellence cartel. All right, man. Um, let me take a look at our show notes here. So what we did is instead of covering a topic on this episode, we put a post out, we put some information out on social media a couple days ago and say, Hey guys, if you want to be a part of the very first episode, send me some questions. So I actually have some really good questions lined up. So we're just going to do a Q and a, and that's going to be episode one. And then we're going to start getting hot, heavy into a lot of the topics. Probably we're going to start things off with hormones because that's what people really need to understand hormones and blood work. So, um, man, do you have anything before we get kicked off? I don't think so, man. Let's hear these questions. Let's, uh, let's answer some questions. All right. So I got to, I got to kick this first oh, shit. off the right, yeah. the right way. Ready? Is that a, that's a real monster. It's not a uh, redneck generic one. No, no, this is, this is the highfalutin white sugar-free one. Yeah, so that's the one my, I like the high got my white trash energy <laughs> drink in hand. I'm ready to take on the world. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and knock out these questions. Let's All do right. it. First one comes from Joseph Campbell. Joseph says, Hey guys, I've heard conflicting views on this, so please let me know your stance. Is hit cardio a good idea in the offseason when you're trying to grow? So, Joseph, great question, by the way. And this is something, Jason, you and I have – we've kind of gone back and forth on with our views. We may, And, by the way, on this podcast, we may agree, we may not agree. It doesn't yep. really matter because we're right. both open-minded enough um, to get both takes. But what's your take on hit cardio in the offseason? Well, I, I, I can answer – I think with a pretty good perspective because uh, this past summer I wasn't still even sure whether I was going to get back on stage. Um, And so my only goal for summer was to be fucking shredded. That was it. And so I was doing five hit intervals after every time I was in the gym. So that ended up being about five times a week, five hit intervals. I was staying shredded. Um, but for an ectomorph, uh, you know, my, I look like a mezzo now if people see me in the gym, but like I'm an ecto, like I started out as an ectomorph. Um, I just noticed my legs weren't staying as full and big anymore. So, you know, was maybe what I was doing excessive? Probably. If I maybe only did twice a week, do I think that that would be a nice um, middle ground of only five intervals and maybe it would even help my legs? Yes. But what I did find is, Five times a week, even at five intervals, I was not liking where my legs were. I pulled it out, and my legs look a lot fuller, and they match my upper body. So can it work? Yes. Would I do it every training session like I was doing? Not if you're looking to maximize growth. I would not. I think once or twice a week will help with um, appetite. Uh, It could even help with muscle growth as long as maybe you watch the volume on your leg day. But in general – I opted once I saw what was going on with my lower half to pull it completely and just get into growing. And I've put on about 20 pounds since summer and I actually just posted pics today and I feel like it's the biggest and leanest I've been combo. And I definitely added about 20 pounds once I pulled that out. Now I put calories up, et cetera. 
But yes, it can work. But you know, if you opt and stay a little leaner anyways, and you're a leaner guy, I would just keep it out. Like I don't need it to keep a six pack and be lean. So for me, for optimal growth, it's going to be a no uh, just to keep it in. But like I said, one to two days a week for a lot of people, I think it could be very beneficial and you can still grow. Yeah. So on my end, whenever I coach athletes, um, especially from the natural side, I usually have them doing five hit intervals once a week, sometimes mm-hmm. twice, depending like, like if they're like me, if they're a fatty by nature, mm-hmm. maybe twice a week. Um, right. Usually I pair it up on their high carb day or their free meal day because it improves insulin sensitivity. It yep. depletes you a little bit. But what I, what I try and do is pair the hit cardio up to the body part they're training. So instead of doing all hit on your legs, Sometimes I'll have them do battle ropes after like a push day or a chest day or something. And then on their leg day, they'll need to do five hit intervals on a bike. And that's been the only way I've been able to pair it up with people and they just don't feel fried. Um, But not everybody has access to battle ropes and to stuff like that. So they have to rely on more leg dominant hit. And you're right, man, you can start to become overreached on that. Yeah. I I don't, you know, hits kind of an extension of training. People aren't, there's been studies done on it. You're not going to really, lose muscle but if you flatten out and they're overreached they're not going to fucking grow no. that's for damn sure that's especially, where i kind of was in this right in the summer. yeah yeah so especially if you're natural you really really have to pay attention to that yeah. now i know because i stayed with you this summer um and you were you were lean dude really yeah. sh- and you're still really lean and shredded yeah. but i remember after we trained you like hey man i got five hit i'm gonna go do i think right. you did it on a spin bike or something yep, i did yeah um and you were knocking it out um but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that you were feeling like that, but that, that's a common thing. People, people do it and they, they try and push the limits, but I think that's good because now we all, you know, you learn something from it. You learn from it. And, it, and, and let's look at the thing. Like we know that the harder you invest in a cut on the flip side, it, you've got a nice rebound, you know, and I do everything calculated when I rebound, I don't just throw shit down my stuff. So it, it was like one of those things where I felt like, I might've lost two to three months of growing, but because I was so lean and had my insulin sensitivity so high, when I started putting calories in, man, my body just got really round and full and I was able to maintain a lot of the leanness. So I don't think it was a waste. I just think for me personally, I would probably go to maybe two a week and I think I would stay a little leaner, but right now I just don't, I don't care because my, my prep's coming up. But if I was done competing, I probably would keep two in a week. Yeah. And you know what, before we move on to the next question, um, one topic that I want to cover with you specifically is when you start to transition to prep, we need to start doing some episodes about your prep specifically. Um, because I know that you're transitioning from the off season to prep, you're going to make a run at the Olympia next year. Correct. I am. So I I really think that we need to take the time to to have that because one, you know, we're going to be old man, old men someday. You're going to want to be able to look look back. I know. And listen to that, you know, when you're like 55 or something and you know, you qualify for the Olympia and all this, you'll be able to look back and and hear yourself like what you were Mm -hmm. thinking or your kids can. So I definitely Mm -hmm. want to chronicle that. I think, I think those will be some good episodes. Hey, if you're, if you want to do it, I'm game. Oh God, dude. Listen. So yesterday on the excellence cartel, you said the biggest mistake that you ever made was mm-hmm. my peak week in 2010. Yep. How you fucked it up. That was the yep. last time I was on stage, man. Like, yep. you, you never know. You never know what'll happen with me, right. but you know, I am in the middle of recreating my, my physique. And I know we're going to yep. talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about HRT bodybuilding. And this next question kind of leads into that. As a matter of fact, this next one 
is, is anonymous because the person didn't want their name out there, which, sure. which we get that. So if, if, yep. guys, if you ever send questions and that's fine, or just send a, a different name. So at least you know it was you. Or just say, hey, please don't use my name. Totally fine. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. We We're never going to throw anyone out there that doesn't no. want to. So this next question is anonymous. And, it's, and the question is, I feel like I may have low test levels. Is there anything specific I need to ask the doctor to test? I know I need test levels, like total test. But I've heard that just the total number doesn't give you the whole picture when you're trying to maximize your physique. So Jason, um, man, we both look at, at blood work. You've looked at probably more blood work than most people that I know. What do people need to know if they feel like they, well, first of all, what's low test feel like? And then what do they need yep. to ask the doctor? to test? So just so you know, uh, most people, uh, men, uh, I'm talking about men right now, will start to feel signs of low test under 400. I believe that's uh, nanograms per deciliter, NG per DL. But in, either, in any event, the, the measurement doesn't mean a ton. Look at your ranges. A lot of times it's like 200 to 1,100 on a test. Anywhere at time you get near 400 or lower, many men will start to experience symptoms of low T. A lot of symptoms can be just sluggish. You just feel like you don't have the same zest for life that you once did uh, to just get there and kick ass. That's why a lot of CEOs – are on TRT these days. It just gives you a leg up. But back to the symptoms. You might have erection problems. You might just simply have low libido and no erection problems. You might not be sleeping as good because you're not recovering from your day. Even if you aren't an avid bodybuilder, just someone who trains three or four days a week, if you have low T, your body's not recovering. So, you know, a lot of guys will end up sluggish, no zest for life, tired, may have erection problems. The issue is when you go to the doctor, if you come in at 390, he's going to tell you you're fine. A general practitioner is not going to treat you. You could come in at 225 and he's still going to, you know what they're going to tell you? You're in range. And unless you ask for those labs, you're never going to see them. But you're down to about the levels of an 80-year-old. So yeah, you're going to feel shitty. Um, you know, so you can find plenty of clinics these days that will treat you. You don't have to be clinically low, which means like 199, 190, 180. They'll treat you under 400 to get you into a more optimal range. So, you know, but you got to talk to your doctor about it, and your doctor has to be somewhat liberal. I mean, some doctors, you know, won't always pull the right things. Now, you do want free test along with total test. And I would also get your estrogen because it's possible you could have an estrogen issue. Um, you know, you, you might convert too much of your testosterone via the aromatase pathway into estrogen. And you could block that down and in turn increase your testosterone. Some men don't want to be on TRT injections all their life. You know, me, it doesn't bother me. Um, but some people don't. So there's other options. So you want to at least look at your total test, your test, your free test, your estrogen. You want to look at that for sure. Check out your DHEA. Uh, and those four around testosterone are big. Now, I would get a full blood panel with, you know, CBC, CMP, but those four things are what I would for sure be like, look, we definitely need to look at these. Yeah. And I know, it's, you know, especially in the natural bodybuilding world, man, we, I see a lot, a lot of that because people diet for shows um, yep. and, and they're always trying to come back when people first start, they just want to compete all the time. So they're not giving their test levels enough time to come back up with, you know, with a lot of people, it could take five to six months. 100%. So, you know, make sure, make sure that you get those two things tested specifically along with the other things Jason mentioned. I don't want to go too far into that. I'm not really going to add much more because we're going to have okay. a whole episode on that. Yeah. We're going to talk about 
things like boron and dim and things yep. like that that they can add to kind of help out there if yeah you know, naturally if, if they want to go that route first mm-hmm. yeah but i can tell you guys just for me personally my my shit was like 190 in january yep. i took supplements and supplements got it up to like 400 and i yep. still was dieting and just losing muscle hand over mm-hmm. fist like on 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 the dexa scan i was 155 pounds which four years ago with healthy test levels, I was at 180 pounds. So it it was huge. Like I just pounds muscle wasting and loss when you're dieting. So I had to do something, which we'll talk about my journey into HRT, which by the way, this is the first time I've ever told anybody about that's right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I have a lot of people in the natural bodybuilding community that they will judge the fuck out of that. But I don't care because we've got to make people understand there's a reason HRT is out there. There's a reason why people need to go get these things tested. Low and, test, high estrogen. It, it, it's a terrible way to live, and it, it, it can lead to prostate cancer and a lot of different things. It's not. Oh, yeah. It's not high test that causes it. It's it's low test with high estrogen, and that's right. why you're going to see more and more prostate cancer as our food is shittier. You know, all these things we're exposed to more estrogens than ever before with our beauty products and all that shit. So yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's tied to cardiovascular um, risk and stuff like that. Heart disease, low test is. So it's, it's definitely something that people need to take serious. Um, speaking of, so this kind of leads right into the next question from Marilyn Post. Marilyn asks, how soon after a show prep or a hard cutting phase should you get blood work done? So Jason, I know this is different between natural and assisted folks. Um, so if you would kind of chime in from that side with a lot of your athletes, when do you have them take blood work after sure. the shows? So let's, it's generally about the same for female and male, but here's what I do for my females. I don't, I don't hear many coaches speaking about this, but I run a PCT for females. Like just because they have lower tests doesn't mean they don't need tests in optimal ranges. They do. So like, why would you not run a PCT for women? I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, so I put them through a PCT, um, you know, I'll name a few of the things it's got Humanifort on it, which is great for HPTA. I use my Estracort. Um, I use a product called B vital to get total test up. I use boron. There's things I do, um, to get their system rocking again. And as I'm feeding them up post-show and I can get my, most of my females periods back within a month with that stack, little chase berry in there too. We're going to be bringing that out with new ethics can be a sublingual. But in any event, I get, their, I get their body going. And usually within six to eight weeks, I'm wanting the first set of blood work just to see where we're at, to let me know, did that PCT get them going again? Um, do I need to do it further? Do we have something that might start to look like metabolic resistance if I don't take care of it? So six to eight weeks after they've ran a PCT for me, um, and I honestly, even my natural girls get a form of a, of a PCT because their hormones are low after a show. And so do my natural men. I'm using Humanifort again. I'm using Estracort, all these different things to try to get the system jump started immediately. And then it's six to eight weeks. For my men uh, who are enhanced, sometimes if the diet wasn't horrible for them, I'll leave them on a little extra testosterone, like 600 megs and pull all the cutters out and push them for six weeks with I just hit the carbs, the protein fast, let them push for six, six weeks. Then I put them on TRT for about eight weeks and then we get blood work. But if it's a man who had a horrible prep, they feel terrible. You know, I either PCT them or I put them on TRT because some guys just don't come off. They, they're, they're on HRT for life. I put them down to 200 megs of test, give them six to eight weeks, and then we do blood work. 
So for most of my athletes, it's always at least six to eight weeks after I've tried to like at least get the system going again, because I know if we do it right after the show, it's going to be a shit show. So I at least, I, I, I don't want to fix everything because some things will fix itself. So I get them eating right, get their body PCTing, try to get hormones flowing again. And then I do it six to eight weeks later. And then I can fix anything that looks like it's not kind of awakening with the rest of the body. Right. Yeah. So with, with a lot of my natural athletes, I'm taking a lot of measures while they're dieting down to have things in like, you know, natural test boosters, deaspartic acid. You know, here's the thing. Natural test boosters are not going to be that powerful. A lot of people, you go to the supplement store, they're going to sell you on this shit. But at least it's, it's a little bit, which helps out. Every, natural athletes need every tiny little thing that they can get to optimize their hormones. So I always have them on something. Um, females Dim. Dim to me is, is a great, great product. I think year-round. So they've kind of got all these things in place. And then when a show prep's done, if they want to get blood work done, they just need right after the show, they need to understand it's going to be garbage. It's going to be bad. And if they don't explain to the doctor what they just did, they're going to look at their test levels and, and tell them, hey, you may need a HRT. And then they're going to start freaking out. So I tell people, if you get it done after, cool, have that as a reference point. But now you can see what your, what your blood work is going to look like in you know five months from now because a lot of natural athletes you can get it done every 12 weeks if you want i don't care but i've just not seen levels come back to normal for most natural athletes usually around the five month mark sometimes six it's been a really hard prep so you just have to understand you have to explain to your doctor what it is that you just did and a lot of times even they don't fucking get it. Like try they, about 400 megs of Humanafort with your athletes post show. I right. uh, you'll be able to speed up that 5 to 6 month mark. Yeah, so where it, it so if people want to get that right now if if they're if We sell it at scoobyprep.com. Yeah, scoobyprep.com. Yep. Yeah, yep. and you have dim over there. I mean, all kinds of good prob, uh, yep. products on um, yep. with dim. Estracort has that in there Estracort as well. Estracort has it. Yep. Yeah, so they can go to Scooby Prep and get that stuff. Correct. Definitely good products. Um, let me see. We've got the next question. This comes from Heather High and Fit from Instagram. Why do my obese clients say that they aren't ever hungry? Like they're never mm-hmm. hungry. They track food and their cows aren't too high. So I know that's not it. So Jason, here's the thing. Like we both work with lifestyle clients as well. When someone's obese or their body fat's really high and they're just not hungry, you know, I talk about leptin quite a mm-hmm. bit, so I'll explain leptin really quick. Leptin's yeah, a hormone that when you eat, leptin sends a signal to your brain that says, hey, I'm full, I'm satisfied. Uh, leptin does a lot of other things in the body also with metabolism, but in this sense, you know, if leptin is made primarily in the fat cells. Fat cells so yeah. if you're a fatty like me, and I'm going to talk about me being a fatty a lot on the show, like I, I have, you know, 18% body fat sticking to my diet a lot, so... I'm never, I'm hardly ever hungry. Well, Mm -hmm. if leptin's made in the fat cell and you have more fat on your body, you're going to be getting that signal a lot saying, hey, I'm full. And it's also the reverse. You know, when someone's very lean or they're dieting down for a show and your fat cells just get smaller, 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 that's why anyone that's dieted for a show, you eat and an hour later, you just want to chew your arm off. Even even if you've upped your calories, you're still super mm-hmm. hungry. It's because lap, leptin is super low because your fat cells are smaller. So um, that to me is is a topic I know a lot of people don't understand on hunger. So I usually try to explain it that yep. way. Yeah, and you know th- there could be other things going on. I would tell this person to have 
the client checked their fasted blood glucose. Um, you know, the more body fat, the more inflammation, uh, the less insulin sensitive. And so you might be dealing with a situation where, you know, fasted morning is over a hundred. And even after they go about their day, it's staying elevated, um, all day over a hundred. So you're not dealing with just dawn phenomenon. And so that would be an issue too, where, you know, I would say, all right, I just need to get these calories lower, maybe add a glucose disposal agent and work on that as well. So I would be covering that basis as well uh, to see if there might be a problem there too. And, and, and knowing you, and, and I do this as well, I know whenever I bring someone on like that and they're obese, I know their gut health and their digestion yeah. is just usually shit. And, and yeah. I know you probe and you have a form that you mm-hmm. send out. Um, yes. How much of that do you think may be possibly going on? Well, you know, they did a study recently and they put the gut flora of an obese rat into a skinny rat and the skinny rat ended up fat. So we definitely know that in an obese, you know, people, the gut flora is different and there's issues going on there. So I 100% agree with you. You know, I would definitely go to work to uh, enhance digestion, you know, a proper you know, maybe seven or eight strain probiotic, probiotic uh, get them on digestive enzymes, different things like that to try to get the food processing through them better. So yeah, you know, I, I look at like the body as one whole, you know, functioning entity. So I would definitely be taking care of gut health there as well. Man, 15 years from now, there's going to be people selling their gut flora. Somebody that's shredded, like somebody like <laughs> yes. you is going to, I'm going to be buying your gut <laughs> yes. flora so I can yes. get shredded. So, do yes. you know, did, did they do it in reverse? Did they put the uh, skinny rats gut flora in the fat gut? I don't know if they did that. I got to imagine they did, but I, I don't, I don't know if they did, but God, yeah, they can had you to imagine. Yeah. Can you imagine? You're going to be, it's, it'll be like CBD. You're going to see right. gut flora for sale fucking everywhere. A so. human gut flora from, from <laughs> ripped, ripped people. Oh God, it's hilarious. You can, you can harness it and they can, they can take it out of you for a thousand bucks. Oh Jesus. All right. Um, so here's a question that a lot of people have asked and it has to do with artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Um, do I need to count erythritol as part of my carb intake? I notice it's used a lot. Of, it's used a lot in ketogenic products. Does it impact, does it impact blood sugar? Do I need to count it? Um, Jason, you're pretty familiar with this. What's your take on that? I'll be honest with you, man. Like if I had to be that anal about my bodybuilding, even dieting, I'd shoot myself. So I usually don't eat much, uh, things with that in it. My sweeteners are limited to monk fruit, uh, stevia, and then xylitol. Um, but I would not, I'm not personally that anal and there's nothing in my, uh, instructions to my clients to say, Hey, you've got to track erythritol and this type of sweetener and this type of sweetener. My opinion is they're low impact on insulin. I don't really bother with them. I mean, I guess if you're eating grams and grams and grams of this or chewing, you know, five packs of gum a day and it's got that sweetener in it, you might need to watch it. But in general, it's not something I tell my clients they have to, they have to track. Yeah, I, I don't worry about it either. Whenever I did my 12-week keto run to test my, my blood work and cholesterol yep. levels this past summer, um, I found a, a good artifact, like I've got it in powder form and I added it to stuff to sweeten it and try it out. Um, and man, I never, ever had any issues. Um, it's in a lot of drinks. It's in, in a lot of um, keto products. If you just don't see it impact blood, pressure, uh, blood, blood uh, sugar and kick you out. So I can speak from experience of my clients. I don't, 
I don't tell them to worry too much about it. Usually when someone's that low, I tell them just to focus mainly on keeping their carbs below a certain amount. Like if they're on keto and that's, that's the what I do too. to worry about it. But if you're, if you're worried about tracking four grams of erythritol a day, I mean, that's not, to me, that's not something that people need to worry about. No, no, no. You're kind of losing the uh, forest through the trees or the trees through the forest, whatever the fucking saying is, you know, you're just, you're too, you're too focused on the little minutia and not seeing the big picture basically. Right. Yeah. And usually I'll, I'll get clients in. They're so focused on that shit, but then they're not meal prepping. You know what I mean? They're like <laughs> right. just counting their macros at the end of the right. day and they're not right. doing, they're not meal prepping. They're just absolutely eating or they're fucking eating subway and trying to track it in their macros. Yeah. But they're also counting erythritol. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like not, not that big of a deal. Don't you bad mouth my subway buddy. I have that uh, once or twice no. a week. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to cut that out during prep? Yeah, I mean, my first step will be just having one cheat meal a week. I'll pull down. Like last night, we had Subway. The night before, we went to Carabas. I mean, I eat healthy, but I still got like ice cream after Carabas on Monday night. I didn't need that. So I'll cut all those little things out and probably add like 20 minutes of fasted cardio and just see what my body does. I, I think I'll shape up pretty quick. Yeah, man, wait till that topic comes up. Fasted versus fed state cardio. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have fun. We'll have fun. I'm still a bro, and yes, I still believe in it. <laughs> Dude, it's all good. Hey, you, you'll be surprised how much I actually will agree with you on some of that stuff. So we'll see. All right, the next question, I believe this is our last one. I've got to get my glasses out here. <laughs> Shelby Dorn wants to know, I was wondering if there is any benefit to getting your weight training and cardio done earlier in the day versus later in the day. Do you think there would be a metabolic benefit where your body is better able to use the calories and your macros that you intake throughout the day to refuel muscle? So, hmm. you know, we talk, we've talked about this multiple times, just kind of our personal preference. And I have a stance as well with that. I act, it's not proven, but I actually believe one is better than the other. What, where do you kind of fall on this? Well, I've kind of done a flop on this it, uh, years ago. I used to be staunchly in favor of uh, training more towards the evening. Um, just my thought process always was, you know, I have three or four meals in plenty of sodium, plenty of water, and my response is better, but I've flopped on this now and I train around 1030, not 930, roughly somewhere around there. And I fast first, and I really like being able to fast first so I can really pound food around the feeding, around the training window. Um, and I do kind of believe I'm leaner now than when I train later in the day. I mean, there's a lot of things going into that. Um, it's not just the fact that I started training, you know, after one meal rather than four. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, I, I hate early, early morning, especially if you're going to do it fasted. Let's throw that off the table. I hate that. But I think if you can get one good meal in and go in the morning, I think there's probably a little bit of a benefit, especially at least to being able to get your food in easier uh, the rest of the day. Now, with all that said, I still believe that this has to fit into your schedule. So if mornings won't work, it's not like you can't be a damn good bodybuilder because you train at 530 at night after you get off work. I did it for years. But I do think that based on now having done it both ways, I actually like doing it in the morning because I can set it up for that big meal and that big meal isn't bloating me. Usually I'd get to the gym by five 30 and I'd be a little more stuffed, a little more full, a little more lethargic. Now I'm just like ready to roll always and never have bad sessions. So it's kind of my input on it. Yeah, man. So you and I did that whenever I come, whenever I came and stayed with you. And that's actually what I do now as well. I usually train after 
Um, I don't eat usually until 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So my last meal is usually about 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Go to bed later. I stay up pretty late. Then I wake up. I do emails. But the most important thing that I do if I'm going to train, to me, that's early. Training, training early is training around when you eat for the first time, not yeah. necessarily at six in the morning. So for those people that are eating around their first meal or two, I think it's crucial that they get hydrated because that to me yeah, is yeah. the difference maker. I know a lot of people, they want to wake up, jump out of bed, drink pre-workout and go to the gym, but your muscles are dehydrated and yeah. there's just no way that you can get the same pump. You can feel the same contractions whenever you're dehydrated. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's kind of like back in the day where we were like, do not drink water the day of the show and you just couldn't get a fucking pump where, you know what I mean? Then, then you start adding in enough and you are, you're able to get a pump. It's the same way in the gym. So I always make sure I get in at least, you know, at least three shaker cups of water before I hit the gym. And then usually I'll drink a couple of those during. So I'm okay with it early like that. But I will say if I train later in the afternoon, like on a Monday or Thursday and I'm just super, super busy and I've had, you know, a gallon of water in me, multiple meals. Um, usually I time my carbs pre and post workout. So usually my carbs are always pre-workout, like cream of rice or potatoes. Man, the pump is just insane the longer I wait later in the day. Right. So do I think there's a benefit if I trained like that for the whole year, if I can get that kind of a pump and I'm stronger and I feel better, I think I would put on more muscle. I mean, it just makes sense. Yep. But I think it comes back to what you said. It's got to also fit with your schedule. Right. Well, I've found a way to, you know, with my timing, my supplementation, everything that I do, my pre-workout that I take, everything that I take, I can pretty much mimic the pump now in the morning that I can get in the evening. And I did, I couldn't always do that. Um, but you know, the L-carnitines, the, you know, arginines, you know, timing those before. And yes, I do use those as injections. Um, you know, pre-workout, you know, I don't use any stimulants that takes away the, um, the food that I eat, you know, it's, it's things that I know that digest amazing for me, you know, 120 grams of cream of rice. I get my MCT. So the fats are there for intracellular, you know, triglycerides, all these things go into a pump. And I actually usually, usually take in an extra full teaspoon of sea salt was on my eggs and all that. So all these things along with hydration, everything I do is set to make sure I don't have bad workouts. So in the past, it was always my best pump in the evening, but now just learning, I know what it takes to mimic that same thing in the morning and I can get it done and, and I'm less bloated. So I kind of like that. Yeah. So I, I think, I think this is all, you know, when it, when it all comes down to it, physique enhancement, coaching, all that, it's all an art form because yes. you have to figure out what's best for you and continue to tweak and learn. Yep. And, and that's the fun part. I mean, if that's not fun to you, like you're going to get bored and probably not make it long. Yeah, man. All right. So that's all the questions for the day, but we do have something that we want to tell our listeners about. So this is the very first episode. Guys, you can find this on iTunes, on Stitcher. I'm trying to find a way to get it on YouTube. It should be pretty easy. So you should be able to find it on YouTube or um, on our website, elitephysiqueuniversity.com. But what we want you guys to know is we're going to have a contest. We're going to give some stuff away. So all we ask is that you guys subscribe and leave a review and tell your friends. Tag us on anything in social media so we see that. And we're going to start giving out, especially for the reviews, we're going to start giving out products. So I'm going to give out copies of my latest book, Ask a Diet Coach. It was a number one bestseller on Amazon for a short time. Um, it's gotten a lot of good reviews. I'll be giving out that. And then, Jason, you're going to give out some new ethics products, correct? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll do that for uh, a review. Um, Got to talk to Steph and Vince, but, you know, probably like, uh, you know, maybe a bottle of Cordy's or something like that, a GDA Max, uh, you know, maybe for a couple reviews, things like that. Yeah, that's that's all stuff. I mean, those are those are great products, especially, you know, I think GDA Max is something or Cordy's like anyone can take those and get benefit. From Correct. As well. 100%. Especially the GDA, because that's something mm-hmm. that people can pair up with their carb meals. So yep. we're going to be doing that. Um, man, any parting words for anyone before we, before we show Well, I think what would be cool is uh, we do this with the excellence cartel. When they leave the um, iTunes review, like post it to their stories and tag us. And then that way we can share their review as well quickly on our, own social media so that would be like their last step like once their review is live screenshot it story it tag us yep that'd be great so do all of that guys i will be keeping track on my end hit us both up on social what's yours again one more time for instagram mine is scooby uh, underscore ifbb pro okay got it and mine is at team underscore gorman for myself and jason we'll catch you guys on the net on the next episode thanks guys see ya